0: So welcome to this week's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. I'm joined again by my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Andrews from the University of Worcester. Thanks for joining Hi, me, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Hi. So today we're going to be discussing a paper called, Trust Me, I'm a Caring Coach, The Benefits of Establishing Trustworthiness During Coaching by Communicating Benevolence. The topic of trust in coaching has interested me for a while. In particular, I wrote a paper a few years ago with uh, Gil Boser and we picked up on the fact that trust was one of those core themes in the coaching literature that seemed to be really important in coaching effectiveness. But in that paper we talked about the fact that there wasn't much theory in the coaching literature on trust and the coaching relationship. And so one of the things I really liked about this paper is they do take that theoretical perspective and they're really trying to go much deeper into this idea of trust in coaching to help us understand it a bit better.
1: Yeah, they've taken quite a nice approach to it, haven't they? So they've broken down trust initially, so they're not talking about this kind of global construct, which as a practitioner can then be quite difficult to to implement. They're thinking about Trust in, trustworthiness in terms of ability, integrity and benevolence. And as the title suggested, they're, they're focusing particularly on benevolence in this. And then they're interested in actually how coaches communicate their trustworthiness in these three areas and whether clients actually perceive trustworthiness in these three areas as well. So it's, qu- it's advancing, I think, our understanding of actually what trustworthiness and trust is in coaching and how that is communicated or portrayed within the coaching relationship.
0: Hmm. Because exactly, I find as as someone who is uh, my day job is all about uh, educating new coaches on our master's programme, We talk so much about the relationship and the importance of establishing trust. And there are some things that we know we need to have to make that happen, such as a clear confidentiality and and in the contracting stage of coaching. But beyond that, there isn't much in the evidence that really starts to tell us, well, how do we establish a trusting relationship? So I was quite interested to read this paper to see the angle that they took to try and explore this in a bit more detail another thing that I really liked about this paper is is they uh they a kind of three separate studies and then they they draw those together to kind of tell us what what uh that tells us about this whole issue of trusting coaching and they've got three separate samples that they use they have inexperienced coaches experienced coaches and then the clients of the inexperienced coaches
1: yeah it's really it's it's interesting to see and we'll we'll talk you through a little bit about what they found with the different samples it's important to point out that the inexperienced coaches might not be coaches as you know we would typically characterize them so these are students on a a master's level program uh, rather than coaches practicing in the workplace or you know with the wider population
0: yeah and then in study three their clients Or the clients of inexperienced coaches were the clients of the student coaches. So I think that is something that's important to bear in mind, isn't it? That maybe this sample isn't exactly as other types of inexperienced coaches, perhaps, where it's their full time job working as a coach. And then in terms of what they actually did to collect their data, they um, asked them some open questions and then they they analysed the responses to those. So they wanted, they asked their participants or certainly the coaches, they asked what makes you a competent coach? How did you show the client that you value him or her and describe yourself and your behavior when you're authentic? So the idea was that the question, what makes you a competent coach would tap into understanding how coaches portray their ability in coaching. Uh, how did you show the client that you value him or her would demonstrate how they're demonstrating benevolence to the coachee. And then uh, describe yourself and your behavior when you're authentic would tell us how coaches are describing their integrity or demonstrating their integrity to their coachees. So for the coachees, after the coaching ended, the coachees were asked to write about how the coach is established the trust in the coaching relationship, and also the coach's trustworthiness. So in terms of the results, they they basically grouped the results, didn't they, across the three studies and in these three different areas of ability, benevolence, and integrity?
1: Yeah, so they found overall that all three groups um, mentioned behaviours, or traits um, related to ability, benevolence, and integrity. So, in the results, they found that all three groups, the inexperienced coaches, the experienced coaches, and the clients of the inexperienced coaches, all mentioned aspects of trust under the ability, the benevolence, and the integrity categories. So, these are some of behaviours, some are more like trait like qualities. Um, and we'll talk you through the, what they actually are um, in, a little, in a little bit. Um, but there were some differences in the extent to which the coaches focused on the different areas. So they found that inexperienced coaches talked more about ability and how they would establish um, their trustworthiness in terms of being competent. Uh, whereas experienced coaches focus the most on establishing uh, their trustworthiness in terms of benevolence.
0: Yeah, I think this is quite an interesting finding, although it perhaps not that surprising that if you put yourself in the shoes of an inexperienced coach, probably one of the areas that you are most preoccupied with is demonstrating your ability to your coachee. So some of the areas that came up as being important, or how people coaches uh, demonstrated ability with things like transparency, the preparation that they did, using powerful questioning, the process management, also things like professional appearance and demonstrating expertise. So, in this kind of ability part of trust building, it was really focused on demonstrating you know, I'm a competent coach and I demonstrate this by being prepared and managing the process and looking professional. And yeah, as you said that, that in particular, that was important for the inexperienced coaches. And then as pe- coaches were more experienced, they seemed to focus less on this aspect of trust building. If you think about the fact that when you're an experienced coach, there are perhaps other ways that you can demonstrate your ability outside of the coaching relationship so it might be that you've been referred to that client from someone else who's had a good experience with you or you might already have an established coaching relationship um, with the sponsor with the organization or you might have some online presence like your website or your linkedin profile that establishes you as an expert in that area so i i think that although these findings are interesting and they're indicating that ability is even more important for inexperienced coaches than experienced coaches, it might be that the experienced coaches are just demonstrating their ability in different ways than the inexperienced coaches.
1: Yeah. And the, the authors mention this in the paper, don't they, that by the time you've got gained more experience um, as a coach, you know your need to establish your competence um, actually reduces mm. like you say that's already been established through other mechanisms
0: mm. yeah and probably as a inexperienced coach you can you might feel uh, less confident so you become more preoccupied with you know I, I, I am competent and I'm going to demonstrate this to my client and so a lot of effort and attention is focused in that area I think another thing that's important to note is that in this study although they were identifying how the different types of uh, the different facets of trust were demonstrated in the coaching relationship there isn't any evidence to indicate whether these were actually linked to coaching outcomes at all so we don't actually know whether any of these indicators of trust make a difference to the outcome of coaching i think that's an important next step that it would be interesting to start to investigate that a bit further wouldn't it
1: absolutely yeah As it might be that actually spending all this time communicating how trustworthy you are you know might actually detract from you know the goals of the coaching so yeah it's unlike it's unlikely given what we know about the importance of trust in terms of outcomes in in the coaching relationship but it is important to say that this paper doesn't explicitly test whether communicating these things, as you said, leads to any kind of um, positive outcomes for the coachee.
0: Yeah. And the next area was benevolence. And and again, there was some interesting uh, crossover in terms of the results that seemed to be relevant for all three categories, for the inexperienced coaches, the experienced coaches and the clients things like appreciation honest interest attentiveness active listening empathy and creating a comfortable atmosphere all were there there was cross a high level of crossover between the three different samples but for that those
1: for those six those six um areas those six behaviors or traits they were mentioned by all th- by all three samples um which i think is quite an important thing to consider because you know it's all well and good there are other things that there was, were found in the paper that either just the coaches mentioned or just the coachees mentioned but I think what's important is the, the things that they all mentioned because you need to have a shared language and as a coach you don't want to be communicating trust in a way that your client doesn't pick up for example
0: exactly so you might be as a coach you might be thinking that you're demonstrating trust by doing a certain behavior but actually it's not perceived that way as your client from a client's perspective
1: yeah so for example in the inexperienced coaches uh one of the things that they mentioned in terms of benevolence was staying in the background mm. and that is that isn't mentioned by the clients as something that communicates trust so mm. that's quite it's quite interesting to look at what doesn't actually marry up
0: yeah and the other thing i like about this is is these are really practical things as well aren't they so something like active listening is a, is a core coaching skill that most coaches would learn as they're learning to, to be a coach <laughs> and it's something very practical that we can uh, we know is important in coaching but this is like further evidence of that active listening also demonstrates benevolence and helps to build trust so I think it's some of these are really practical suggestions.
1: Absolutely. So for integrity, there was much less uh, that was mentioned by all three groups. There was less that was mentioned in general, um, but there were only two things that were mentioned by all three groups in this study. And that was authenticity and honesty. Mm. And we said as you just mentioned, things like active listening, creating a comfortable atmosphere, uh, preparation, these are all quite practical things that, you know, there are, there's advice, there's guidance, there's processes that you can follow to actually do these things. Um, But authenticity and honesty, I think are far less tangible Mm. and potentially far more difficult to achieve.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, I guess here, in terms of a recommendation the only thing we can really do as coaches is think about our intent and our mindset and maybe using that information to help us prepare for any coaching conversation that we're about to have so if we we approach a coaching conversation with the intent that we are going to bring our authentic selves to that conversation that we're going to be honest and you know that we believe in our coachy, then hopefully though that intent will be communicated in the ways that it does get communicated because we all know you know you get that gut feeling when someone isn't being authentic and they're not being honest and it is really intangible it's hard to put your finger on it so I suppose from a, a, a perspective of taking away recommendations from this if we can approach have the importance of that in our mind and then approach any conversations with that intent, then that's the best that we can do to create that authentic, honest atmosphere that will hopefully demonstrate to the coachee that we're acting with integrity. Yeah,
1: I think it's about, as a, a coach, developing your own coaching style. Most people who go through training as a coach, you get exposed to lots of different models um, different philosophies underpin coaching, some of which will resonate with you and your own values, and some of which might not. And so I think on a, on a practical level, actually finding what resonates with you that you can actually you know, communicate and perform in an authentic manner, uh, rather than perhaps trying to you know shove every single coaching model into your repertoire even if actually they're things that you're not really comfortable using yeah I think that could be quite a practical thing particularly for inexperienced coaches finding you know yes the things that work and having the flexibility to adapt to your client and what they need but keeping that within the repertoire of actually what sits with your values
0: Mm. I guess another practical recommendation is Uh, particularly for inexperienced coaches is to remember that trust is multifaceted and that I think there is the temptation as an inexperienced coach to focus very heavily on demonstrating ability and becoming perhaps quite preoccupied with how important that is. And while it is important, it isn't the only way that we demonstrate trust. So it's really, I guess a good reminder that if you are approaching your coaching with that integrity and being authentic and honest actually that in itself will go a long way to building a trusting relationship it doesn't all have to be about demonstrating how experienced you are or how competent you are actually it's just about being authentic and honest and having that human connection with somebody else so hopefully that's quite reassuring to some inexperienced coaches that 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 it's you know without that actually that that's you know, one of the key cornerstones to trust.
1: Absolutely. Um, and this study does go on to posit that actually but the benevolence factor of trust is the most important. Um, mm-hmm. And they do a little bit of, of work talking about how this relates to supporting clients' autonomy needs and how important that is in coaching. So from the perspective of these authors, it's not the ability um, that is the most important thing. It's that benevolence that our coachees need to feel like we actually care about them
0: yeah yeah and hopefully most people that get into coaching that's something that they 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 do it because they do care about people and they believe in people and they believe in the power of development and the fact that we are able to change and achieve our goals so I think if you can approach coaching with that mindset and maybe just um, spending some time when you're preparing for each coaching session, thinking about those things to get yourself in with the right intent, then that will help hopefully communicate that in in the conversation you're having. And that, that, that kind of links to a very practical suggestion that the authors provide in the paper, which says that they suggest that before coaching, a coach could write down all the reasons why he or she appreciates the client, because they found that that appreciation was something that came across um, in their studies being really important. And this is, it's a very practical, simple thing to do, but I'm not sure many people do do it, but just spending a, a few moments, just thinking how, how I, why do I appreciate this client and actually making a note of it and creating that kind of mindful space to prepare yourself will hopefully feed through into creating a, um, the right conditions for a good conversation
1: absolutely so in short Rebecca I think this is this this paper's really interesting it's got some limitations as we talked about in terms of the the samples that it's used but it's certainly a really good first step towards actually understanding how trust operates within the coaching relationship mm-hmm. and of opening this little black box of trust um, and actually getting something that's a lot more practical and that coaches can implement to improve their practice.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's lots of specific recommendations that we can take away from this. And then hopefully future research will start to build on their findings and, and demonstrate how exactly these different elements of trust are linked to the outcomes of coaching. And then I think we can really start to take a much more evidence informed approach to our coaching practice so thanks for joining me again Holly Uh, it was great to talk to you about this paper thank Uh, you for having me yeah thanks for listening and we'll we'll see you soon Thanks for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show or in hiring me as a researcher, coach or speaker, check out my website www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website finally you can connect with me on twitter at coach underscore research thanks for listening